You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. Bible makes us understand that power belongs to God. All power belongs to God. Imagine you walk in an office and you know that this man controls everything that happens in this office. He determines it. Who will you pander to? Who will you want to make sure you don't get in his wrong books? Who will you want to please? In this world, it doesn't matter the noise the devil and his agents make. Power belongs to who? God. He says this can happen and this will not happen. If time permits us, we're going to look at Hezekiah and Sennacherib and, you know, just some experience of what happened. Or maybe we should start there. Praise God. Okay, come with me to 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 18. You know, we have the account of um, Hezekiah. Hezekiah was a king who did his best, you know, to please God. And at the time, the king of Assyria, in that period, the king of Assyria was like a world power then. He was very powerful and was conquering kingdoms and kingdoms and kingdoms and kingdoms. So when he came and, you know, surrounded, you know, the land of the king of Hezekiah, Israel, Judah then, he sent his messenger I'm in 2 Kings um, 18. And let's read from verse 19. It says, Then the Rabshakeh, Rabshakeh is like his, you know, agent, the one that spoke for him, said to them, Say now to Hezekiah, thus says the great king, the king of Assyria, What confidence is this in which you trust? You speak of having plans and power for war. He said, But there are mere words. And in whom do you trust? That you rebel against me. Now look, you are trusting in the staff of this broken reed, Egypt, on which if a man leans, it will go into his hand and pierce it. So is Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to all who trust in him. But if you say to me, we trust in the Lord our God, is it not he whose high places and whose altars Hezekiah has taken away and said to Judah and Jerusalem, you shall not worship before this altar in Jerusalem? Now, therefore, I urge you, give a pledge to my master, the king of Assyria, and I'll give you 2,000 horses, if you are able on your part to put riders on them. How then will you repel one captain of the list of my master's servants and put your trust in Egypt for chariots and horsemen? 25. It says, have I now come up without the Lord against this place to destroy it? The Lord said to me, <laughs> go up against this land and destroy it. Then Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, Shebna, and Joas said to Rabshakeh, Please, we beg you, speak to your servants in Aramaic, for we understand it, and do not speak to us in Hebrew, in the hearing of the people who are on the wall. But Rabshakeh said to them, Has my master sent me to your master? And to you to speak these words. And not to the men who sit on the wall. Who will eat and drink their own waste with you. 
Then Rabshakeh stood and called out with a loud voice in Hebrew and spoke, saying, Hear the word of the great king, the king of Assyria. Thus says the king, Do not let Hezekiah deceive you, for he shall not be able to deliver you from his hand. Nor let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord, saying, The Lord will surely deliver us. The city shall not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. Do not listen to Hezekiah, for thus says the king of Assyria, Make peace with me by a present. Come out to me, and every one of you will eat from his own vine, and every one from his own fig tree, and every one of you drink the waters of his own cistern, until I come and take you away to a land like your own land, a land of grain and new wine, a land of bread and vineyards, a land of olive groves and honey, that you may live and not die. But do not listen to Hezekiah. Let's see, persuade you, saying, the Lord will deliver us. Look at 33. It says, has any of the gods of the nations at all delivered this land from the hand of the king of Assyria? He went on. He says, where are the gods of Hamad and Aphad? Where are the gods of Sepharim? Where are Anhena and Eva? Indeed, have they delivered Samaria from my hand? Who among all the gods of the lands have delivered their countries from my hand that the Lord should deliver Jerusalem from my hand. 36. He says, but the people held their peace and answered him not a word. For the king's commandment was, do not answer him. Praise the Lord. Okay. 37 says they took the words and reported to Hezekiah. Now, what we see happening here is all manner of warfare. There is psychological warfare, there is threat, there is intimidation. And, you know, thank God we're actually looking at this story because for Hezekiah and Israel, Judah, to survive this attack, then there is nothing that you and I are going through we shouldn't survive. They had behind them facts and figures. Praise the Lord. What the king was saying here was true. They had defeated all those nations. They had run through the nations as though they did not. They they ran through them as through dry grass. So in terms of power, the king of Assyria had that power. In terms of, you know, facts and experience, they had done all of that. Like uh, I think our sister, our brother said, that even America has said there is a warning. So it's like America saying, I'm coming against you. And then I'm saying, trust in the Lord. It's like, who can save you from these people? Praise the Lord. But you see, there's something interesting there. In verse 29, the king said, Thus says the king, what? Do not let Hezekiah deceive you, for he shall not be able to deliver. Nor let Hezekiah do what? Make you trust in the Lord. Now, that's what. You see, I want to give us a secret. Any, no matter the problem and situation you're in, any time the enemy makes the mistake of challenging God in that situation, start rejoicing. You know, God had to tell Moses, for the battle is not yours, but the Lord's. If the battle is mine, I have reason to be afraid. Praise the Lord. If the battle is on my expertise, ah, you can't do this thing. I have reason to be afraid. If it's on my experience, if it's on my, what I have, what do you have? I have reason to be afraid. But when you challenge my God, that's when I should start dancing. Praise the Lord. So he said to him, no, make you trust in the Lord, saying the Lord will surely deliver you. 
For the Lord will not be able to. The moment he made that statement, he missed it. He committed, you know, if it's in football now, what, crime, what offense in football will end the match? There is no offense, right? He lost the battle completely. Now, see what happens here. Let's go to uh, the second chapter now, 19. Verse 1 says, and so it was. When King Hezekiah heard it, that he tore his clothes, covered himself with sackcloth, and went where? Into the house of the Lord. Then he sent Eliakim, who was over the house of Shebna the scribe, and elders and the elders of the priests, covered with sackcloth, to Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos. And they said to him, Thus says Hezekiah, This day is a day of trouble and rebuke and blasphemy. For the children have come to birth, but there is no strength to bring them forth. Verse 4 says, It may be that the Lord your God will hear all the words of Rabshakeh, whom his master, the king of Assyria, has sent to reproach the living God and will rebuke the words which the Lord your God has heard. Therefore, lift up your prayer for the remnant that is left. So the servants of the king Hezekiah came to Isaiah. Now see what is happening here. Isn't this what we learned? We say, report to your head. So the king is the commander of the army, isn't it? But when this message came, he didn't call his army and say, get ready. He went, look at verse 1. He says, he went into the house of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, our safety, he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He shall serve the Lord. He is my strength. God is our strength. Circumstances, situations will arise that will want to push you. It's, I've never understood it as a Christian. That when a Christian on, has problems, he backslides. When a Christian has problems, that's when he should front slide. Do you understand? I don't understand backsliding. I've told you here, I've never backslidden. Glory to Jesus. I've had problems. I've never backslidden. It has never occurred to me. Backslide to where? Once I turn my back, I see the devil and he's not smiling. Praise the Lord. Where are you backsliding to? Or maybe they backslide from the pastor and the brethren. From where else? The king said to the uh, woman that cried, I say, if the Lord does not bring help, where will help come from? You know, a program I attended over the weekend, the preacher was saying that somebody, you know, you threaten the Lord. I'm 35 years, no husband and all of that. If you threaten the Lord and he doesn't perform, what will you do? (laughs) Eh? No, what will you do? Praise the Lord. So the king went to the house of the Lord. You know, we're, we're Pentecostals now, so you don't come to church and see people lying prostrate before the altar two hours before the service or long after the service. You don't see people waiting on the Lord at the altar because the people are Googling where is the next uh, apostle ministry so you can go there for breakthrough. Call all those who went to see the apostle. Ask them, how far? Have you caught any fish? If you get angry, what you should do is press into the presence of the Lord. Learn from Hannah. The high priest was notoriously backsliding, he and his children. But she still knew that it's in that environment they didn't have the Holy Spirit. So God was only in the house of God. So, but it was still before that priest that she's pressed in. She didn't go and find the God of the Amorites. 
She didn't go to the temple of the Philistines. Praise the Lord. So, get angry with whoever you want to get angry, but don't depart from the presence of the Lord. In fact, the Bible scholars will teach us the principle of first mention. The first person that they said left the presence of God remained a, a wanderer. Cain remained a, a vagabond. It's a state of continuous motion. You become like an atom. It's, it's atom that keeps bouncing on walls, right? Atom, yes. You just keep bouncing. You bounce in this one. They tell you there's another one, prophetic, apostolic. You bounce in this. You just keep bouncing. Nothing. You will not gather anything. Nothing will happen. Why? Because you have left the presence of God. You just be responding to adverts. Halfway here, you see another advert. It's more colorful. You go there. Meanwhile, the presence of God is there waiting for you. Daughter, come. Child, come. He says, in returning and rest. That's a scripture for backsliders. For con- in returning and rest shall you be saved. But he said, I will not. He said, therefore, run. You keep running. You keep running. The only hope is that later in life, God has mentioned you begin to cancel young ones. Stay where the Lord planted you. <laughs> May you not be a counselor with your negative experience. In Jesus' name. Okay, so Hezekiah went into the house of the Lord. You know, and send the messengers, go to the prophet, let us raise prayers to God. Now, this is what happened here. Very interesting. Please, when you go and read the rest of this, it's, it's very interesting. But we won't read all of it. Let's just take a bit. This is what happened to this king. You know, just to cut the short story long, like my friend would say. Second Kings 19, 35. After God had assured Hezekiah that he shouldn't bother, that all these things this man said, the virgin daughter of Israel is who he has provoked and spoken these things. See what I'm going to do. Okay? So 32, he says to him, Therefore, thus says the Lord God concerning the king of Assyria, he shall not come into the city. Can somebody say amen for Abuja? Amen. Nor shoot an arrow there. Amen. Nor come before it with shield. Nor build a siege mound against it. By the way that he came, by the same shall he what? He shall not come into the city. He says, for I will defend this city to save it for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. Now look at 35. This is the people that were boasting. And it came to pass on a certain night that the angel of the Lord went out and killed in the camp of the Assyrians 185,000. And when the people arose early in the morning, there were the corpses all, you know, you know, <laughs> the Bible is so, so, so interesting. There were the corpses. They didn't want to leave us in that. They say all dead. There's corpses that died. <laughs> Praise the Lord. In one night, that's how easy, that's how swiftly your God can solve a problem. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. In one night. It wasn't a process. You know, just like what we're saying, you see, if God always responded to us with processes, it would be easier for us to believe him. Because, you know, you're trusting God for something, then you see the process begin. You see it going, 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 going. You'll be encouraged and strengthened. But you see, most times, oftentimes, God does not respond in a process. Just like we see in this account. They said on a certain night, it wasn't even a spectacular night. It wasn't the night maybe that they had a powerful prayer experience with prophet Isaiah. No, on a certain night, they just woke up 
And they saw the people, Exodus, moving. And they wondered what happened. It was when they went out that they saw 185,000 soldiers dead. Well dead. Praise the Lord. Somebody say, that's what my God can do. Okay, now, you know, God has said, Sennacherib, the king, they are going to return the same way they came. So, 36, let's continue. It gets more interesting. It's so, so, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and went away. How? The same way he returned home and remained at Nineveh. That was not the end of the discussion. Somebody read 37 for us with a loud voice. Now it came to pass, yes. As he was worshipping in the temple of Nisrosh, his God, that his sons, Adremelech and Sharezer, struck him down with a sword. <laughs> and to the land of Ararat. You see, God must not be toyed with. And we that serve him must hallow him. Praise the Lord. Hezekiah did not shoot any arrow. None of his soldiers did anything. But the enemy learned that these people are children of God. Brethren, that is the God we serve. This is the God we have inherited and we are standing on a better covenant. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. You know, when you read the first part of this account, as you read it, you feel for Hezekiah. It was a hopeless situation. Look at the part where he added. He said, am I coming against you without your God sending me? I know some of us have been in situations where we actually think God is the one punishing us. God doesn't punish us. He says, he that did not withhold his only son, Jesus Christ, but gave him up for us all. How shall he, what? Not with him also give us what? If I say freely, freely give us all things. You know why that word freely is there? Because if I give you a car, I give you the chair freely. Can I give you a chair? The seat in the car. Once there is a car, the seat is there. If he gave us Christ, is it all the other things? Is someone getting what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Who is Christ? In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. And without him was nothing made that was made. Okay? So, in Christ is everything. So it says he's given to us all things that pertain to life and when we receive Christ, we're going to see, if we get the time to re, you know, look at that also, we're going to see some of those things that are in the scriptures that will give us rest and peace in the name of Jesus. So now we've talked about Christ. I want us to look at a scripture that, you know, sometimes we get a bit, um, you know, confused about it. Romans 9, sorry, Romans 8.29. It talks about our conforming. Someone there, we can read from 28. 28 says, and we know that all things work together for good. And we know, yes, sir, to those, okay. Okay, 29 now says, for whom he foreknew, okay, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be among many brethren. Praise the Lord. Now, when you look at this scripture, there's something we need to see here, which is going to, you know, help you and I also. It says, whom God foreknew, he predestined, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Now, when you see foreknew, it talks about the 
location, a position before noun, isn't it? A position in the past. Then when he says predestined, what is he talking about? He talks about a position latter, okay, forward. So for new is before the beginning. Predestined is where you land when you finish, okay? Now, in between this place now is where I am journeying. And in this journey, every day, at different seasons of my life, there will be things that I will be looking to God for. There will be things that I will be expecting God to do for me, okay? So just like we are seated now, even right now in church, I don't know if you are aware, but I'm trusting God for the type of money I'm trusting God for in this church is the type of money that will blow people's minds. And those who are going to bring it are those who have made a vow to partner with the Lord. Not those that when they see the money, they will spread their legs and say, me, now me be this. No. There are those that when they see the money, they'll start running. They say, this is that which the Lord said. I'm bringing it before the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's coming. It's coming. In the name of Jesus, it's coming. Yes. No, it's, it's, I'm not joking. It's coming. Big money. Yes, big money. It might even get to billions, but a lot of money is going to come because the virgin daughter of God has been harassed. We are having a, a, a meeting, office meeting yesterday. And we, you know people complain, someone complained to me about our um, streaming on Sunday, that it was breaking, breaking. So I was trying to use my brain. You know I'm an accountant and a strategist. So I was trying to use my brain to solve the problem. They said other churches have three. If this one doesn't work, they switch to this one. We have only one. And the one we have, we're on 10 gigabyte bandwidth. And the other people have 50, five, f- 350s. And they gave us the bill for 20. We couldn't pay for it. So the money is coming. Because the Lord has need of it. Praise the Lord. Not to talk of our cameras and equipment and the rest. The money is going to come. Anyway, so on this journey, as you journey from this for new to predestined, Along the line, there's a temptation to wonder what is happening. God has forsaken me. You're praying, and like we learned today at the Lunch Hour Fellowship, it says, call on me and I will answer, Jeremiah 33. 3. Okay, what I got from that is that every prayer is answered. How many of us know that? When you think your prayer is not answered, you're actually saying that God has not spoken your language. He has not come down to your level. So we rejoice when prayer is answered at my level. Praise the Lord. But the truth is that every prayer is answered. And the way I was made to understand it is very simple. If you make a phone call and, um, and the party on the other side doesn't pick, you say he didn't answer, right? But if the party on the other side picks and speaks Chinese, but you don't understand Chinese, and the Chinese is actually answering what you need, do you say he didn't answer? So what you need is what? To upgrade your capacity to hear what is being said. So every prayer is answered, but we're not mature enough to understand the answer. Hallelujah. Let me give you an illustration so you get it. Paul told us that concerning this messenger of Satan given to buffet me, he says, I beseech the Lord for it how many times? Three times. And then he said to me, my grace is sufficient. That hearing is a level. If you are a baby, you will never hear that. The only thing you want to say is the thumb go. And the thought never went, but the answer came. When he downloaded the answer and processed it, he began to rejoice in the thorn. It began to work for him. So then he said, I'll now glory in my face. So when he now saw the thorn, instead of it being a messenger of Satan, he became a servant of God. Because he heard the call 
speaking in Chinese and he upgraded to hear Chinese. Praise the Lord, somebody. Okay, so where we're going to. So, he whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed. Now, the point is this. What God wants to say to us is that in my journey, in your journey, in all our journeys, at every point in time, there is something you should measure. If you measure it and it's good, you have no reason to fear. You know, when you go to the hospital, they check your vitals, right? And if your vitals are okay, can you be sick? You can't be sick, Abby. So every sickness is manifested in the vitals. Okay. Or sometimes... Anyway, so, so it says, predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ. What it means is that on my journey, as you are, wherever you are now, maybe you're having financial problems, maybe you're sick, whatever it is, that there is an unnegotiable work that God is assuring you at this point that is working. You know what that work is? That daily, you're looking more like Jesus. Are you with me? You see, the prayer of the Christian is not answered when he gets money. No, that becomes a tool. It becomes an accessory. It becomes things that come in as you make that journey. And the quicker you come, the Apostle Paul teaching us, he says, I've learned how to abound and to abase. In which case, any state where he was, God was not checking, will this thing distract him? Will this thing disturb him? Will this thing hinder him? Is someone getting what I'm saying? There is a confirmation that is not negotiable. So God must. Why? Because it is his predestination. From the moment he chose it, he said, I will make Pastor Nina like Christ. I will make Edo like Christ. I will make Femi like Christ. Now, if you struggle with that becoming like Christ, he will work more to put you there. So the Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may do what? Exalt. Imagine if I refuse to humble myself. What have I delayed? That's what I've delayed. Imagine if I struggle against his purposes. God says, this is the direction I want to go. He says, no, I don't want to go that direction. I want to go this direction. I know God inhabits eternity. God has no wristwatch. In fact, God can wait for your great-grandchildren and call them the name he's calling you. He said to David, your son, isn't it? Jesus is the son of David. Do you know how many people that passed in between? David must have been thinking maybe Solomon or one of these people or his grandson. David went to heaven, was waiting. The seed of David, the seed of David. By the time he was coming, David had fallen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So there is something that is not negotiable. And for the believer, I want to comfort somebody with the word of God. If you're becoming more like Christ, be assured that every other thing is in good hands. The predestination is that confirmation to the image of Christ. Every other thing, it's nothing to God. Okay, okay, let, let me bring it this way. You know, what I have written here, how did I? It says, it ought to be enough and sufficient consolation to the child of God to know that his father can do all things, anything, at any time, anyhow he chooses. Do you believe that? Do you strongly believe that? Then why are you worried? That your father, God, can do all things. Can do it at any time. Can do it anyhow he chooses. You know, sometimes, some time ago, you know, the Lord was just me. He said to me, he said, a lot of people claim, or not claim, a lot of people have faith in my power, but they don't have faith in my wisdom. They have faith in my power, but they don't have faith in my wisdom. 
This is what this is saying now. So you have faith that God is up out. Then also have faith in his wisdom. We've done the illustration here about a child who is really hungry. And the mother makes food. And the food is ready. And the child is really hungry. And this child feels that the mother is wasting time. And goes and picks the yam and puts it in the mouth. You know that child won't be able to eat for the next couple of days. Because his eating instrument will be burnt. Because he did not trust in the wisdom of the mother. So you have faith in God's power. Also have faith in his wisdom. And that's what takes us back to where we began from. Trust and obey. So the quickest way you and I can hasten our breakthrough is more trust and more obedience. It's not more braggadocio. No. More trust and more. More listening. More obedience. More yielding. What are you saying? It says those who wait upon the Lord shall mount upon wings as eagles. What does it mean to wait? It means to attentively look. You're reading his signs. This move I made, does he like it? You see he likes it, you make more. You see he doesn't like it, you, you, you trace your step. That's how we, wise Christians behave. Praise the Lord. Are we learning something? Okay, so we'll, we'll look at a few things and then we'll pray. I, I think our time is going. Okay? So the Bible says, First um, Corinthians 16, verse 8 and 9. But I will tarry in Ephesus until Pentecost. For a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. Praise the Lord. How many of us know this scripture? Okay, if you didn't know it, if it's on your Bible, highlight it. Paul was writing to the Corinthians there, and he said to them, I will remain in Ephesus. Okay, Ephesus is where they almost killed him, the temple of Diana and all of that. But he said, I'm going to remain there. Okay? And then he went on to tell them why. He says, for a great and effective door. King James was saying, a great and effectual door has been opened to me. But the second part says what? I can't hear you. Now, you know, all the while, before today, all the while, when I read that scripture, I will think it says, a great and effectual door has been opened for me, but there are many adversaries. And the Spirit of God corrected me today. It says, it's not but. But cancels what was said before. If I say, a great door has been opened for me, but there are many adversaries, it means that door is not designed for me to pass through. But it says, look at what is put there. It says, and. And he told me that anyway, a great door is opened. That it comes with adversaries. If you run from adversaries, you'll never pass through a proper door. Because any door that has treasure behind it will have more than you wanting to pass. I think it was on Sunday we said if wishes were horses, Abby. Mm. We say it again today. A great and effective door has been opened. And that door comes with. And, and means plus. Praise the Lord. <laughs> it comes with it. It's part of the package. If you're going to get to that place God wants you to get to, you must get yourself to the place where you're not discouraged by adversaries. Is it uh, Simba that said, I laugh in the face of danger? A great and effective door has been opened, and any marriage that is sweet, there somebody, two of them, there were adversaries and they conquered. Any person that gets to the top, a Christian, Sit by his side and listen. That's why sometimes Paul now said to them, I bear in my body. 
the marks of our Lord. He said, let nobody trouble me now. Laying hands didn't bring me here. A great and effectual door has been opened. And with the door, many adversaries. Now, what are these adversaries to do? If these adversaries were not there, we cannot get to the image of Christ. That's what they're there for. As we contend with them, our flesh, the Bible says, our outward man is going to be perishing. And then the inward man is going to be renewed. Do you know people who became rich and all of that, and you can't even talk to them again? You, don't, you can't identify them again. They didn't see trouble. When a man is processed by God, the more prosperous he becomes, the more humble he is. And that is the kind of man that diffuses the fragrance of Christ. It, see, prosperity is good, and that's why we are going through this season. But we don't want any type. There is a prosperity that oozes carnality, that makes the sisters in the church go and sleep with the man, that makes the innocent men in the church go and enter for one night so that they can be like. There are prosperities that come in and it destroys everything, but there is money. But there is a prosperity that they defies. That makes men love God. A process prosperity. And if you don't understand it, you won't go through the process. Because you think they're saying no to you. They're not saying no to you. They want you to be conformed. They want, where, where, where uh, Third John you know, 2 says, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in hell. So the prosperity they want to, but the soul, they're working on the soul. They're working on the soul to be able to carry it. Praise the Lord. Let me tell you people something, you know. We pastored the former church for about six years before we left. I thank God that I started again. You see, then when I stood and looked at the people sitting before me, I I think I remember there was one midweek service that I almost got angry and left the church. (laughs) I can't remember what happened. Imagine pastor, I'm getting angry, leaving who? From where to where? Do you understand? You see, I thank God that he turned everything Another one I thank God for is the tent. How many of us remember the tent? If you know my plans then, I was pursuing to overtake. So that by the sixth anniversary, we would have been bigger than where we left. You see, if God allowed that to happen, it's not me that you're seeing, you'll be seeing. No? <laughs> yes, I'm telling you the truth. But you see, now... It doesn't matter what happens. You see, we fit in here for midweek service. It doesn't matter, but the Christ in me is bigger than this auditorium. Because he's walking a walk that is eternal. And that's what God is trying to do with a lot of us. If you don't understand it, you keep frustrating it. You keep, frust- you keep fighting it. But when he chose you, he didn't choose you to become that. Other. He chose you to be like Christ. As you journey, there will be things that will be playing here and there, playing here and there. You understand it, it makes the journey easier. And then you begin to walk in a calmness and a peace. It doesn't mean all your problems will go. It doesn't mean you won't have anxiety and all of that. But as they come, you'll be able to interpret it. You'll be able to know, okay, this is what he's trying to do. This is what then you catch it. Sometimes after five days or sometimes after a couple of months. But you continually know, you'll be in step. You know the Bible says somewhere, it says, if we live in the spirit, let us also what? Walk in the spirit. You can live in the spirit and walk in the flesh. You're born again. The address is there. But you can It's like somebody who lives in Maitama, but always you see him hanging around Gwagwalada. 
Your folding address is still my time, but when males come there, they won't see you. Then the males that are not intended for you, you're picking them in Guagualada. There's a disconnect. But when you get this understanding, it begins to put things in place. So that same 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13 now. We read uh, 9. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. You know what it now says? It says, watch. It says, stand fast in the faith. It says, be brave, be strong. That's what we are called to. Because we understand the way things happen. Do you know that as a Christian, any moment something happens that provokes you really, it meant that there was something good that God put before you. Hallelujah. Anytime as a Christian, something happens and you lose your cool and you, know, you just go into the flesh. The devil has called one go. The devil has limited resources. Why will he be tripping you when there is nothing for you? If you get it, you'll never lose your temper again. Because whenever it comes, you won't steal from me. If I, let, let me see how, how, how I, I wrote it. I, this is where it says the devil is a thief, is a murderer, and a destroyer. It says every interaction or conversation with him is a heist in progress. He doesn't waste his resources. I watched a bit of um, money heist. What did they must time? Distraction. They distract the people and they do what they want to do. Anytime you see yourself, you're offended with the pastor. That means there was a word for you that time. You're offended with your HOD. That means there was some... Anytime it happens, know that the devil has just made a successful robbery. That's why when it was time for Hannah's breakthrough, it entered, uh, what's his name, Eli. And Eli said, you're drunk. Imagine if she had said, you, you're drunk too. End of discussion. This somewhere we are talking about will never come. Do you know the height of provocation? He said, you immoral woman. Where did he know her from? The devil knew that she was about to enter into a major breakthrough. After today, you won't lose temper again. Because anytime it's coming, just know that they are concluding your case. They want to sign. They peep. You've gone mad. They say, let them wait. The people say, what are they even doing there? I'm leaving. They say, the devil, the devil will go and say, he has left. They will close the file again. That's it. Have you asked yourself, why will he lie? Accuse Hannah of being drunk. Height of provocation. Because the devil knew that this woman's travails are about to end. Let's rise on our feet. Somebody say, I'm going higher. He says, watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. Watch. What we're talking about now is just watching. Watch. You don't respond anyhow. Watch. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Watch. Watch. What is going on? What is that thing about? Why is everybody looking for my trouble? It's because you have a treasure. The devil wants to abort it. Watch. Stand fast in the faith. Be brave. Be strong. I want you to go to the Lord and say, Lord, I've understood that what I need is the confirmation. That is the mark of success. Confirmation. And then every other thing will fall into place. Lord, I receive grace. Lord, I open the eyes of my understanding. Give me insight. No more will I act foolishly. The devil, he's a thief. Ah. Devils have a saying that I got the wine, dan, 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 she will count what she's carried. How many times? No more. Lord, help me. I'm going somewhere. I am on a journey. 
and you, the enemy will not stop me anymore. He will not. I refuse. I receive strength to push, to stand, to press on. What I have here is triumph. You know, I just heard the word triumph and I wrote it down. He said, you tell them to triumph. He said, triumph implies that there is opposition and I overcome it. You will overcome. We will overcome. We will have success. But having overcome, we will overcome, which means there will be antagonism there will be resistance some of them will be yes but tonight somebody is laughing at the devil somebody is saying I see some of us have been embarrassed by the situation that God wants to use to make you a testimony wasn't Hannah embarrassed and because you have been insulted in that area you think it's not God's will is because it's God's will. That's why that the embarrassment is coming. Every time they'll go to the temple, Penina will say, look at you. They're giving you double portion, but you have no children. Now, who remembers Penina's children's name? I want you to just pray in the spirit, anyhow, or declaration. been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www that the Father's Church Online dot org. God bless you.